everybody, welcome to a very special all-star episode of Defenders of the Bank, and we're going to start right off with our wait, what? what moment of the podcast, because sitting to my left, of course, as always, here in beautiful Philomonster Studios in Burbank, California, is the Christian Philly Philemon. Oh yeah, Macho Man Philly Savage giving you a preview for the tailgate to come on August the 11th. He sounded a little constipated eat me but he also has on his macho man randy savage bandana his intercontinental championship belt from around his left shoulder of course speaking of shoulders scarf speaking of shoulders (laughs) that's a brilliant segue our wait what moment of the match shoot off man (laughs) you totally lost me there for a second of course i am the scarf jr lieber but also sitting here Beautiful Philomonster Studios, Burbank, California. Ladies and gentlemen, not just any gringo, but the ultra gringo himself. Our dude from shoulder to shoulder, the Jonathan Reimer, everybody. That's right. Coming at you from the top shelf with the people's elbow. It's ultra gringo. Oh, I love it so much. It's a cross pod, everybody. We got friends from shoulder to shoulder. We got Philly. We've got the scarf. We've got the ultra gringo. It's an all-star episode, not just because we're talking about the all-star game, but because the all-star cast that we've got going on right here, Philly cannot stop touching his intercontinental championship belt oh yeah you know what that's because the opponent i beat to get it was garbage oh yeah garbage scarf i wonder how much of that stuff is going to stay in the episode we will see in just a minute but before we start the episode's rundown i want to say a big thank you to all of our friends at azusa pacific university their alumni engagement team sponsored a really cool event At the bank for our last game, of course, the victory over Atlanta. More than 160 Azusa Pacific University alumni, family, and friends received an exclusive APU slash LAFC scarf. And 75 Azusa Pacific University alumni had the opportunity to be an American flag presenter on the pitch before the start of the match. Azusa Pacific University, of course, located in beautiful San Gabriel Valley community of Azusa, 26 miles northeast of Los Angeles about the same distance as a marathon. And of course, the Office of Alumni Engagement serves over 60,000 APU alumni. I want to say a big thank you to the Azusa Pacific Alumni Engagement Group for sending me the really cool Azusa Pacific University LAFC scarf I am wearing around my neck right now. You know how excited I get for a new scarf. Color me excited, everybody. Shout out to Zuzu Pacific. If you want to bribe Gringo with some scarves, I am perfectly open to that as well, too, by the way. Yes, uh, we know Philly has the jersey addiction. I, of course, have the well-documented scarf addiction. But but our guy Jonathan here, he's got the under-the-radar scarf addiction. It's one where nobody questions his sanity. So it's pretty nice that he's able to work that in without having a bunch of people go, wait, you collect scarves of, of a soccer team? That's cool. You live in L.A., though. Why would you ever need a scarf? I don't, but I wear one around my neck anyway. It's nice and sweaty on the back of my neck, just like it's nice and sweaty on the top of Philly's head with his macho man, Randy Savage and bandana. And my intercontinental championship belt, yeah! Oh, there's a, so much going on to my left right now. Just a couple <laughs> bits of quick news around the soccer world. One thing we wanted to touch on real quick, Jill Ellis stepping down as the U.S. women's national team coach, the only coach to ever win two women's world cup titles in a row at the end of an era, but she certainly earned her ability to step down on her own terms. She's going to see out the victory tour for the women's world cup. We love you, Jilly. We do. We love you, Jilly. We do. We love you, Jilly. We do. Oh, Jilly. We love you. Yeah. Jill Ellis, congratulations. And you have earned it back to back championships for the women's world cup for us men's national team a couple of things uh philly and jonathan that came out about all-star weekend st louis could be the next team in the mls really excited to maybe make a trip out underneath the arch beautiful st louis i was out there for a mets cardinals game about i don't know 12 13 years ago some of the nicest people i've ever met you guys have any impressions about St. Louis? Yeah, the show me state. You got to show them that you're for real. And as black and gold members, we are real. St. Louis is a really cool town. It does get a bad rap because of East St. Louis. And I'm sure most people who haven't been to St. Louis only know about St. Louis thanks to Nelly. But there's an awful lot of good things in St. Louis. Lunatics. 
Yeah, exactly. Anheuser-Busch. Yeah. For those Budweiser drinkers out there, not proudly owned by an American company anymore, now a product of InBev. But that is a really cool tour. Awesome area called The Landing, Cobblestone Road, Bars Galore. A lot of good times, some friendly people. And one of my favorite beers, actually, from the Show Me State, from the city of St. Louis, Schlafly's Beer. You ever had a Schlafly scarf? You know, what I'm amazed is that you're the one dropping like beer knowledge right now when literally sitting four feet behind you is the boozologist. I'm trying to impress him, dude. What are you thinking? In the flesh. We've got Jonathan here. Jonathan, what are your impressions about St. Louis and maybe it's beer and wine scene? A, Schlafly's is amazing beer. Shout out to (laughs) them. Love their Meritson. Personal favorite of mine. And as far as new contenders joining MLS, good for you. Join League Vivo Crash You. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, it's not quite the party city that Austin, Nashville, or Miami are. But you know what? It'll be fun. It'll give somebody out there in the Midwest another team to see. So yeah, good luck. It's, it's cool. I can't wait to go to St. Louis because there's a lot of people I know there. But color me excited whenever Las Vegas and New Orleans gets an MLS team because I will happily fly out for that son of a... Mm. Wait a minute. You're not excited for Sacramento? We could have the Sacramento Republic as an MLS team. Sacramento, Fresno. Fresno, yes. Oh, these are things that don't enlighten me, my young friend. <laughs> hey, look, at least we finally found a city that might have enough beer to support the 3052. <laughs> uh, you know, shout out San Jose that ran out of beer for the 3252. Yeah. I mean, pfft. oh my God. Hey, by the way, thank you to Portland, though, by the way, who never ran out of anything while we were. Oh, that there. is that not was... true. That is not true. When we were in Portland, El Catrina and I were wandering around the lower deck trying to find beers to do shoeys from. Every stand we went to, IPAs, IPAs. We were looking for the Modellos. Those were gone. We were looking for Coors Light. Those are non-existent. Maybe if you weren't such a priss about your beer and just did a shoey with Orale. an IPA. Let me tell you this. The One of the last times I've really done a legit shoey was Portland because those IPAs, I think they wrecked something in me internally. Look, the last Chewy photo that you posted was with a bubbly raspberry in your work boot. Okay there, bud? Work. Work. I was maintaining a aura of sobriety. I mean, at least use a Heineken 0.0 so you can make the MLS sponsors what, what happy. What for? Get the gas and not enjoy the buzz? Lame. <laughs> All right. Another real quick thing I want to talk about is the new CBA that was discussed. And apparently, the thing first and foremost on everybody's minds Charter flights being a hot button issue during the talks for the new CBA. Look, I think it's great that I can board the same Southwest or Delta flight that Diego Rossi and Carlos Vela have to sit (laughs) and coach for too. But I want to see our guys travel in luxury. It's ridiculous to me that we have teams like LAFC who have plenty of money from our ownership to be able to support flying at least in first class, and they can't even make that happen. Charter flights have to happen. What say you? No, I think it's a great idea because... Well, maybe not, because if I was on an Alaska Airlines, you know how excited I would be to ask, you know, Carlos Vale, hey, are you going to eat those pretzels? (laughs) Listen, those are carbs, so his answer would be no. But either way, I think, look, I want our guys to come back from a victory across the country, if it's to New York or to New Jersey or to Atlanta or in a couple of years, Miami. I want them to be nice and refreshed. So when the MLS schedule makers do something stupid, like schedule games 48 hours apart without even having a practice in between or a break in between, or even like a a cold shower in between half the time for these guys, we played two games within 46 and a half hours from each other. At least they can be sitting on a charter flight, having some, you know, pretzels or peanuts or something. That's not a carb. I don't know because I, I have a good friend, Jason, shout out Mr. Limu, who was able to fly back from the, game in Seattle and sit right next to Bob Bradley and was able to (laughs) chat tactics with him the entire ride back. And that's a pretty amazing experience. Of course, you could hear about it on episode 16 of Shoulder to Shoulder. Ooh, I like the cross plug. Episode 16, Mm, Shoulder to Shoulder. Cross pod pollination. That's right. And by the way, I think we've talked about it on one of our podcasts, but I don't remember the episode because I'm not as well prepared as Jonathan or something like that. But the first ever game that LAFC played up in Seattle, first ever official regular season MLS game, 
Nina and I got to fly back on the same plane as the team, unbeknownst to us. Is that the and same how game? cool is that? Yeah. How cool is that? Yeah, so like 17 people at the gate actually knew who LAFC were. We were actually flying back on the same day as the game, so there weren't many people trying to make it back from Seattle so quickly. I had to work, unfortunately, the next day. <laughs> but all of a sudden, we see all of these guys lining up over on the side. I'm like, wait, that's Walker Zimmerman. Wait, that's Diego Rossi. Wait, that's Bob Bradley. Wait. There's Quillen Roberts. That's L- Wait, I don't, I don't know if <laughs> gotcha. I, I don't know if I would have recognized Quillen Roberts then. I think the first time that I knew that Quillen Roberts existed for real was at the fiasco of an event that was the signature season ticket holder that became an everybody holder event where we got to stand in line for two and a half hours to get three autographs. By the way, shout out to Rich for helping me get Laurent Simon's autograph. I really appreciate that. <laughs> but that was where I met Quillen Roberts for the first time, and I actually got to put a face to the injury list name that I got to read every single week. By the way, Alejandro Guido, if you're out there, I would love to see you in person. I don't know what you exist. <laughs> That's a big if. Yeah. So uh, Alejandro Guido, number 15, by the way, which I, I won a hat for. I was at the Latif Blessing event. They asked me five different players to give their uniform number if I could. And I got Alejandro Guido right. He's number 15, although you would never know because I've never actually seen the man in an LAFC jersey. That's the end of our quick news and notes. I want to say a quick story here if you guys don't mind. I'm going to take you guys down a little memory lane here with the scarf. Memory lane with the scarf. Ooh, new segment, Every brand new. single July, my dad and I, sit back, we watch the Major League Baseball All-Star Game together. And it's one of those moments that my dad and I have done forever and ever and ever and ever. And yes, even with the All-Star Game coming to Dodger Stadium next year in 2020, it might be something that my dad and I just sit at home and watch. It's one of those things that we do every single year. I love it. He loves it. We watch everything from the starting lineups and everybody being announced and standing on the baselines to the very last out of the game. We watch the home run derby won by a Met this year, Pete Alonzo. That's right. Shout out to the New York Metropolitans. Thank you for not trading Noah Syndergaard, but you could have totally traded Edwin Diaz and I wouldn't have been upset. Nope. So there's something special about All-Star Weekend when it comes to my dad and I and everything else. This, admittedly, for the scarf, and I'm pretty sure it was for you too, Philly, was the first MLS All-Star game that I watched with some intent. That's right. I'm letting the cat out of the bag. I didn't watch last year's All-Star game with Laurent Simon and Carlos Vela. I I just didn't do it. I feel like a terrible person. But you know what? The first step to realizing they have a problem is admitting it. And that's what I'm doing right now. I didn't watch the game last year. I actually got lucky enough through Fanatics to own the jersey that Carlos Vela wore in last year's All-Star Game. It is going to be framed up in the cave over at Scarf Studios, wherever it is that I open that someday soon. But I didn't watch the game. I know, I know, I know. We probably had like seven people unfollow us. Two people give me the down thumbs down symbol on the, the whole emoji thing. I'm sorry, <laughs> but you know what? Being I'm admitting it. <laughs> but I have to tell you, Philly, Jonathan, This All-Star Week, because it's not a weekend, they do it in the middle of the week, don't ask me why, was one of the coolest things that I had ever seen, starting with the skills competition. Just a really cool thing that we got to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, people could talk about it being gimmicky. People could talk about, oh, why are they doing this? And people can have the concern that, hey, you know what? This is just another situation where we have a couple of players that could potentially get injured. And yeah, I get it. That's a a thing that could happen. Four guys from our team, four of our best players in the All-Star game, which is, by the way, an amazing number to begin with. But there is that concern. But just like you, Scarfy, very much looking forward to this. I made sure that I contacted AT&T and boosted (laughs) my lousy internet service. It's so bad. Oh, yeah. 18 megabits per second. When I called Spectrum, they laughed at me. It's weird that you still have a modem that you dial up with. You're funny. There's no 56Ks going on around here. (laughs) But what I will say is the skills competition... Panda and I were, and Schmitty for that matter, we were in the kitchen watching it on the laptop. I felt like I was in college again, illegally streaming movies. <laughs> but yeah, very much looking forward to that. We'll get into the details of that. But I planned my Wednesday. It was what I was looking forward to to break up the monotony of the work week. All-star game, a situation in which we could get together, not necessarily worry about the outcome, and see some pretty incredible people. I mean... We'll talk about our opinions of that and that in a second, but yeah, very much looking forward to this booze, boozeology, baby. <laughs> what were your you know thoughts going into this All Star Week? Somebody else oh. the nickname booze, by the way, that was pretty good. No, no, it's okay. Call me booze. That's <laughs> what all the bottles at my house call me. So yeah, it's all good. I was very excited about this All Star Game weekend. More excited about next year, in which we might potentially have yes. two 
all-star games in Los Angeles? Yes. I already already purchased my Los Angeles Dodgers all-star game shirt, which released on LAFC night at Dodger Stadium. Dang it. If you were there, you had the opportunity to already purchase your shirt for that. But Bank of California Stadium in the running as a finalist, I hear, for the all-star game next year for MLS. So Love it. We could be rocking two all-star games in Los Angeles next year, which would be epic. It would be amazing, and I would love to see Clayton Kershaw come out and kick the first ball instead of throwing out the first pitch for our all-star game over Ah, at Bank of California Stadium. Before the skills competition, though, it was kind of interesting. They had Chivas de Guadalajara. That's right. One of the teams that we get compared to all the time is the American version. Oh, you guys are Chivas 2.0. That's not exactly how the MLS works, guys. But that's not exactly true either, because wouldn't Chivas USA be 2.0? If anything, we're 3.0. Schmucks, you can't count right. Wouldn't the team that absorbed, say, like the players and the academy? Oh, academy, absolutely. Which which team are you talking about, just so we're clear? Uh, I'm pretty sure that's a team that plays about 17 miles south of the city of Los Angeles. In this horrific place called The Digs, I hear. The Digs. Dignity Health Sports. Sounds like a lousy bar in the East Village in New York. Sounds like you have to dig a trench. That's, I don't know. Yeah, it's the last name of a Minnesota Vikings wide receiver, too. Stephon Diggs. Well, now you're giving it credibility. Which it does not deserve. (laughs) Sorry, I got nothing there. Yeah, so Chivas de Guadalajara sent their under-20 team to take on the MLS homegrown team and this was kind of cool if you follow major league baseball at all they have the futures game where you get to see a lot of guys in single a double a triple a play each other in kind of an all-star game of sorts if you follow the nba they have the rookies versus sophomores game that's pretty cool if you follow the nfl they don't have anything like that so sorry if you follow hockey why are you listening to our podcast but anyway hockey's cool hockey is shout out to punk punk loves hockey oh you know i apologize yes he does go kings go aside from their ownership (laughs) (laughs) i by the way i love i love dan beckerman i'm not gonna ever say anything bad about dan beckerman but that's okay so what's really cool is that it's a team made up of mls teams academy produced talent the homegrown team the game actually featured a couple players from southern california though nobody from lafc yet give us a couple of years and we'll have some guys in that game for sure just a couple of pairs I want to mention. David Ochoa, a goalie from Real Salt Lake from Oxnard. And, of course, Efren Alvarez from the enemy down south in Carson. Dude, the kid is 17 years old. He's the seventh youngest player to ever sign in the MLS. And he's actually from Los Angeles. I thought that was pretty cool. Any relation to Memo Ochoa? I, I don't believe he's any relation, but it's got to be cool being a goalie whose last name is Ochoa because that goalie for the Mexican national team is sick. There's yeah, also a couple. Philly, I wanted to mention for you. Yeah. Abubakar Kita. A defenseman for the crew. A defenseman. A booba what? A Bubakar Kita. A defender for the crew. From New York. New York. New York. 19 years old. Concrete hey, jungle. What's kind of cool I about a Bubakar Philly? What's kind of cool about a Bubakar Philly is that, first of all, I get to say a Bubakar a couple of times, but also. I wanted to say a Bubakar. Ha ah, I did it. I said a Bubakar. just did it. He's played the full 90 in four of the last six games for the struggling crew. It could be the signal beginning of a youth movement for the crew. I mean, they've had a rough last 10, 15 games or so. He's also played for the U19 and U20 U.S. men's national teams. And I wanted to shout out your boy, Omir Fernandez. We'll talk about him in just a second about the hometown team. He's a midfielder for the New Jersey Energy Drinks, as you like to call them. <laughs> New Jersey Energy He is energy from drinks. the Bronx, baby. The boogie down. That's right. He's got two goals and two assists in just 492 minutes this season. A couple of other players that I want to give a quick shout out on the homegrown team. There's Brendan Aronson, a midfielder for the Philadelphia Onions. He's from New Jersey, 18 years old. He started 19 of 21 games for the first place in the East, Philadelphia Onions. They have had an incredible season. This kid, Brendan Aronson, has had a big, big role in that turnaround. Cole Bassett, a midfielder for the Rapids, 18 years old. When he was 17 last year, he was named to two different MLS teams of the week. The kid is legit. And Jean-Luc Abusio, who doesn't know Jean-Luc Abusio, right, guys? Right, right guys? Yeah. No? Okay. Well, he's a forward for Sporting Kansas City. Sponsor. That's right. Cricket, he, uh, cricket, cricket, he, he's from Greensboro, North Carolina, 17 years old. He's just 17, Philly. He's, he's his, only 17. He's also in his third season. That's third insane. season with Sporting Kansas City. He signed at 15 years old. 89 days. We all know Freddie Adu, 14 years old. Going to be the next big thing. Never you know heard from he's again. still trying to break it into the professional league? I was listening to an interview with him. He still feels convinced that he can make it at the high level. Look, I believe it. 
Look, I feel like I can do some things at 35, 36, 37. Like throw too. a pigskin a quarter mile? I couldn't do you that. You wish you could think. go back to 81, Cake State? <laughs> Listen. Thanks, Uncle Scarfy. Al Bundy scored seven touchdowns in one football game for Polk High. Polk High football it, rules. Anybody can do it. San Diego's high school football he, rocks. He <laughs> did defend those titles in the hallway of his high school <laughs> reunion. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Absolutely. He what clearly made it across the line. Oh, Ed O'Neill, you are a national treasure, We sir. salute you. Oh, my goodness. So, Jean-Luc Abusio, second youngest player ever to sign in the MLS. He has only made six starts this season, Philly, but he has three goals in those six starts. That's kind of neat. And a great story that I wanted to mention that we could highlight, the starting goalkeeper for the homegrown team, a kid named Mason Staduhar, and I'm probably butchering his last name, but he's a goalkeeper from hometown Orlando City where the All-Star game was held. He was diagnosed with bone cancer in 2017. Finished chemotherapy in June of 2018. He was loaned out to the Tulsa Roughnecks this spring to make his professional debut and here he is just one year after finishing chemotherapy starting in goal for the homegrown team. How cool of a story is that Mason Stajuhar the starting goalkeeper from Orlando City. Such a cool story. Stash the heart. Yes, that's apparently if you say it phonetically and correctly, that's probably right. I uh, still think it's a silent J. I, listen, I also want to, one quick other spotlight. This will be, and then we're done. This kid, Justin Rennix, a forward from the New England Revolution. Definitely familiar with him. Yeah, yeah, sure. He's 20 years old. We've got the same birthday, 1999, March 20th. I wasn't born in 1999. Yeah, I'm th- I was just about to comment on that. 1983. A little bit earlier than he was. I, I was, what, 16 when he was birthed? What was I doing in 1999? Philly, what were you doing in 1999? Yeah, yeah. Way to put the old fart on the spot. So only a couple years I old. graduated high school the year before he was born. Cricket, cricket, cricket. All right, Jonathan, what were you doing in 1999? I was partying like it was 1999. Yes! Ooh, oh. I was... Prepare for that Y2K. I was 16, and I was just two months away from having my first official job, and it's a job that I still have at Palms Park. I got started running soccer leagues and summer camps, and I haven't left yet. So. I was also 16, born in 83, and had already been working for two years, you oh, slacker, Scarfie. Look, I'm a slacker. I know. I only got a job at 16. But anyway, Justin Rennix and I, this will be my first of two, by the way, guys, birthday shout-outs to myself and another player. So, I don't know of too many people that are actually born on the same day as me. Well, Fidel Castro's hear... one of them. That's weird. Yeah. I was born on the same day as Carson Daly. Hang a hat on that. <laughs> Carson Daly, by the way, like the hardest working man in show business and makes a ton of money. It's crazy. He is also now in charge of New Year's Rock and Eve, I believe. So if you put Carson Daly up there, you mentioned he's the hardest working man in showbiz. I would say Ryan Seacrest is the hardest working man in showbiz. Okay, hold you on. put them in hold a on, boxing on, ring on, together. On. You ring the bell, who comes out winning? Hold on. Full disclosure, in my mind. Totally mixed up Carson Daly and Ryan Seacrest. You're absolutely right. I think it's Ryan Seacrest that runs New Year's Rockin' Eve, formerly run by Dick Clark. My apologies to Ryan Seacrest. Ryan, we know you're a big fan of the podcast. Oh, yeah. You've listened to us 27 times. You've commented way too much on Twitter. Definitely. So a quick birthday shout out to Justin Rennix, one of two. I'm going to do a recap for the game if you guys don't mind. It's going to be real quick. Ready? No, we don't mind at all, man. Shiva scored a goal in the first minute. Ooh. We scored a goal in the second minute. Bye. 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 The Bronx's Omir Fernandez. Oh, yeah. The boogie down in the hizzy. That's for you. So after two minutes, I'm we're level. Queens, though. Then pretty much nothing happened. Shiva scored again. And then in the 94th minute, it was incredible, guys. Twitter was ablaze. Every seventh person who was watching it, but you could only stream it. You couldn't actually watch it, but that's okay. Every seventh person was going nuts. When Noble Okella scored in the 94th minute, we were in stoppage time. How many minutes did they give for stoppage? Four. What minute did he score in? The fourth of stoppage time. He equalized it, brought the game to 2-2. Penalty kicks. Shiva's U20's team misses the first penalty kick. MLS makes theirs. Shivas U20 has their second penalty kick saved. JT Marchinkowski. That's right. The JT Marchinkowski. An incredible save on the second PK. And of course, MLS homegrown team makes their second. And oh my goodness, if you didn't think he did a great job on his first save, it was JT Marchinkowski again. That's right. After three penalty kicks, Shivas had made none. The MLS homegrown team. Made all three. Ball game over. Walk-off win. MLS homegrown team wins the 
futures game. I'm feeling a little verklept over here. He's getting a bit more excited about the homegrown team as opposed to his own team. Boozology, what are your thoughts on that, man? I, I really have no idea what's going on <laughs> I'm right blown now. away. I'm uh, feeling verklept. Uh, am, right. I, am I the only person over here who, who wants to correct him and say it's Chivas? What you were thinking of the whiskey. That's Chivas. Right? Then we're, then we're all wrong. I Actually, no, no, he's, he's right. right. He's right. That's Well, you know what? That's why he's here. All right. So, <laughs> to us. correct our mispronunciation. And, and by the way, a congratulations to Noble Okello, named the MVP of the Homegrown versus Chivas. And, and my condolences to Julio. I'm sure you were rooting for Chivas in this place. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I'm very sorry, Hefe MLS won. Sorry. Yeah, we won. Sorry, all right. Not, so, sorry, on in skills sorry. challenge, which yes. we talked about, Philly. This was so much fun. By the way, hosted. By Stu Holden and the man, the myth, the legend, the voice of LAFC. Max Bretzos. It really felt like we were watching just a regular LAFC telecast because that voice, that voice gives us confidence. Max is the man. We love Max. Oh, the golden dulcet tones of Max Bretzos. We love you. (laughs) Absolutely. We love you, Max. We do. We We love love you, Max. We do. We We love love you, Max. Max. We do. Oh, Rex, we love you. If you guys couldn't tell, this is an episode that we just decided to have a whole lot of fun with. Philly was like, make sure you're under half an hour. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, we're at 2645 right now. I'm dressed up as the macho man Philly We're blowing through that. I clearly care about that. We've got Jonathan in the house, the ultra gringo. Look, we're going to have some fun. It's the all-star episode. We've got an all-star cast. Ultra. <laughs> I love it so much. So, skills challenge. They brought it back for the first time in a long time. There were three teams. <laughs> they brought it back for the first time. That is one heck of a statement. For the first time in a long time. Gotcha. Yeah. I just wanted to bust your chops. Orlando City. Their all star three consisted of Luis Nani, who, oh. by the way, formerly of Manchester, Manchester United. United. This is the greatest football team in the world. <laughs> this was his third MLS all star game that he had played in, by the way. I don't know if anybody knows that. He actually played in the 2011 and 2012 MLS all star games for. Manchester United, that's right, where we lost 5-2 and 4 nothing, I believe, for the MLS All-Star team. Yes, So correct. it was Nani, Chris Muller, who I got a ton of respect for Chris Muller after this. He was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. The man with the scissor kick, we'll talk about that in just a second. And Sebastian Mendez, who, he was, it was really fun. He looked like he totally didn't belong, and then he would do something cool. And then like he totally didn't belong, and then he would do something cool. So good job, Sebastian Mendez. Yeah. I didn't know who you were before this. The MLS All-Star team featuring Jonathan Dos Santos, Wayne Ooh. Rooney, and the yeah. left foot of God himself. Carlitos! That's right, Carlitos with the third spot in the MLS All-Star team for this skills challenge. I know we we had a a huge, hotly contested debate. I thought it should have been Graham Zussi. Graham Zussi is from Orlando. He plays for for Sporting Kansas City. Yes, but he's from Orlando. It shouldn't have been Jonathan Dos Santos. It should have been Graham Zussi. And plus, he's from the Galaxy, so kick him off the team anyway. But whatever. Graham Zussi, he would have been a great addition, but it doesn't matter. Vela, Rooney, and the good Dos Santos, Jonathan Dos Santos. And of course, Atletico Madrid. All they did was trot out Hector Herrera, Coque, and Joao Felix. And we're going to talk. $143 million man. Oh, yeah. He's worth more than like seven MLS teams. Um, Clearly a bargain. Clearly (laughs) a bargain. Oh, my God. He looks so good in the All Star game. We'll talk about that in a minute. Look, there were three events there was a shooting challenge. A touch and volley challenge, which is pretty cool, actually. I kind of like that one more than anything else. And a passing challenge, which just turned out to be a who can hit the crossbar the most times challenge. Oh, yeah. The winning team got a whopping $25,000, not for themselves. Uh, Joao Felix like made that within like you know the time he tied his shoe. That's right. Not for themselves, though, but for the charity of their choice, which is pretty cool. So <laughs> on to the shooting challenge. It was Team MLS. Oh. Look. So I- JDS. <laughs> Jonathan Dos Santos, you wrote out the acronym. JDS simply stood for just didn't succeed. Oh, he missed whoa. almost every single one of his shots. The MLS All-Star team did not look good. 28 points. Carlos Vela, I believe, was responsible for 11. Wayne Lazaruni and just didn't succeed. Meh. One point. Oh, Yeesh. Unbelievable. Carlos Vela, 11 points. Wayne Rooney, 16, like you said. Mark Anthony K was giving Vela a little grief on the sidelines after that. The it shooting was very warranted. I really wanted to see, and it was Carlos Vela's goal, by the way, to knock down every single one of the targets between the 15 shots. That didn't happen because Jonathan Dos Santos was awful. Because he just didn't succeed. Well, J-D-S. What I thought was great was Team Orlando. They were down looking terrible the whole time. Their last three shots from Nani, Muller, and Mendez all Ooh, hit Nani, Nani. the three 10-point targets. That was pretty cool. They had 46 points after their round. And Atletico Madrid, 
made their first seven shots on the goal, extremely accurate, drilling the ball. And of course, just one more point though than Team Orlando. So after round one, I know it's riveting. After the shooting challenge, it was Atletico Madrid 47, Orlando 46, and the MLS 28. And, and let's be honest. If you were going to talk about seeding this, everybody out there who had any bit of logic and rationality probably would have been like, Atletico's going to win. They're the first seed. The MLS All-Stars with Vela, Rooney, and Just Don't Succeed would have like been second place. And Orlando, clearly the third seed. But wow, what an arrangement the finale turned out to be. But before we talk about that, the touch and volley, baby, the one-timer event. I thought this was really cool. Jonathan, you had talked about, too, your favorite part of the All-Star event was what? Watching Vela put beautiful crosses into the foot of whoever. Doesn't matter. Maybe his name's Wayne Rooney. So nice. I'm sorry. Should we go over his accolades, Mr. Gunner? Uh, no, no, we should not. We you should not go nice. over his accolades nice. at all, at all, because no one cares. I mean, Wayne Rooney's pretty good, though. Nah, okay. especially yeah, when, name. hold on, scoring off of a pass by Carlos Vela. In England. Carlos Vela. So <laughs> anyway, Bobby round Charlton one, uh, the Arsenal first goal. Hey, you, hold on over there. Round one, the first goal scored off of a beautiful ball, the one that you are talking about from Carlos Vela, Wayne Rooney. The very next ball, another great one, but it was saved by the goalie. I didn't think there should be goalies. No, no part. goalies. Even if they're the homegrown people, they get to showcase their talent. They just need to be out of there. We don't need keepers in there. Yeah, Jonathan, you made up a good point. You said just put some of those like yellow stick figure things kind of yeah, in Yeah, why do we need to have an actual keeper there blocking amazing shots that are coming in? I mean, come on. Get that guy out of there. Just put some of those yellow metal dudes in there and let them <laughs> shoot around it and let it be a true skills competition. Who takes takes practice shots and is firing past one of the best keepers on the planet say like oh gosh i don't know somebody who plays for a team like pff, atletico madrid or something <laughs> like that right like you're gonna shoot past a dummy keeper so if we're gonna do a skills drill put a skills drill in place where we can say bella mi buen amigo is going to be firing him <laughs> in past someone who is uh worthy of blocking vela like you know a, a metal Absolutely. And Vela scored on his very first touch. He scored off the volley on his first touch, hit the crossbar on his second. He had one goal for 10 more points in the touch and volley round. And in the third round, Jonathan Dosados actually did pretty well, scoring his first and fifth touches for 20 more points. And the JDS in that case meant just didn't suck. There you go. So the MLS team ended with 40 points in that round. Shout out to Chris Muller. He hit a scissor kick oh, in round three. man. He gave him a bit of the Hauser father. That was beautiful. <laughs> that was the highlight of the round. 20 points there for Orlando. And after round two, they had this thing where the judges gave some sort of bonus points for the team that did the best in the touch and volley challenge where you can just kind of go by the score, which should have been the MLS team. But it was actually Orlando that got the 20 bonus points because Chris Muller did a scissor kick. Gave him a know. bit of the house your father. I, That's I worth thought, 20. Yeah, but I thought that was kind of a gimmicky thing. Alex Morgan, so by the way. the all-star game. Uh, we know Mr. Carrasco there, or should I say Mr. Alex Morgan, who plays for Carson there. He had to watch his wife yet again take center stage. Yeah, all right. Professor him. McGonagall, Homer, <laughs> giving points to Gryffindor. I see how it is. <laughs> you know what's kind of crazy? She makes about $3 million a year. Servano Carrasco only makes seventy-five. Very thousand, much so, Mr. Thousand, Alex Morgan. $1,000? Yeah. That's more than a couple of our players make, though. A couple. I think, I think Tyler Miller makes like seven. It's more than all our podcasters make, and that's the true, <laughs> the true tragedy. That's here. right. That's right. So after round two, Orlando City up 102, 70 for Atletico Madrid, 68 for the MLS. Oof. And the cool part, the passing section, it was supposed to aim at various targets, but all three teams pretty much shot at the crossbar. Carlos Vela hitting the crossbar twice. Rooney and JDS both hitting it once. A total of four crossbars, 25 points each. Atletico Madrid got five, including a couple controversial ones. One that looked like it might have been late by Joao Felix. Another might have also hit the woodwork. Also, by the way, Joao Felix is really good. We'll talk about that in a second. Apparently, the definition of crossbar is very loose in this challenge <laughs> as well, too. Because it's not only bars that come across right but bars that go back go as behind. well too and like even if you shot it into the wet bar or behind the right. stadium i mean if you hit the bottle of jameson three yards behind Woo! i mean there was a lot of bars that were included here i was so bummed nobody hit the golf cart i mean the golf cart got such visuality such 
a lot of things, and nobody aimed for it. And let's talk about the amazing camera angles that they had uh, during that. My favorite part was that while they're kicking at a crossbar, the cameras are focused on said golf cart. But the coolest part, of course, of All-Star Weekend for Luis Nani had to have been Ooh, nani, nani. the buzzer beater. They needed four crossbars to win, did Orlando. They hit two within the first 30 seconds, including Nani drilling his very first touch. And, of course, as time counted down, four Three, two, one. The former Manchester United player, Nani, drills the last kick Ooh, at the Nani, buzzer Nani. off the crossbar. And because you're all keeping score at home, the end of the competition, MLS, 168 points. Atletico Madrid, 195. And the Orlando City three all-star player squad, 200. And two points. Shout out Mel Brooks. Hey, Nani, Nani, Nani. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. Look, there were a lot of things that were gimmicky about this whole skills thing, but it brought me back to the days of the Domino's Pizza Quarterback Challenge where I got to watch guys like Mm, Randall Cunningham and Warren Moon, Dan Marino, Steve Young, Joe Montana, everybody just have a good time throwing balls, hitting targets, the longest throw, the most accurate throw, all kinds of cool stuff. This was a lot of fun. I can't wait to don't, see it next year. Don't compare this farcical, farcical example of loose rules to the shiny heinies of Steve Montana. I mean, Steve Young and Joe Montana. <laughs> Shout out to Steve Montana, by the way. No, no, no. We're just, we're just going to mash them into one player. They were basically <laughs> one player. Dude, that would be an incredible quarterback, by the way. How many Super Joe Bowls? Mon- was, that? was that eight oh, Super Bowls oh, between oh, the two of them? Oh, Steve Montana was, was a Hall of Famer, <laughs> hands down. And, and look, I, I think the next thing they should add next year to the all-star game tell me what you guys think a legends game rules we could bring (laughs) we could bring back all of the legends the luminaries of our sport the Stu holdens the taylor twelmans the ele- I just threw up in my mouth saying both of those things. I'm sorry. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop. I kind of threw up too. I, I'm just oh. talking about the All Star oh, Game my, Skills Challenge. My money's on Thierry Henry to win it. Oh, absolutely, Thierry Henry, and we might actually get to see Frank Lampard playing a game. It would be incredible. <laughs> he looks better as manager at Chelsea than than he did as a member of NYCFC. Oh. Looks more fit these days. This, by the way, is going fantastically. I'm having a great time here at Phil Monster. Oh, Bastian Bastian Schweinsteiger might have a better job. Of hitting a crossbar than <laughs> defending Diego Costa. Oh but. man, that poor poor oh. Bastion Schweinsteiger. More so, on that later. That's actually that's a great segue. Let's talk about the All-Star game. We were watching from beautiful Exploria Stadium in Orlando, Florida. Of course, as beautiful? every great All-Star game does, this one started out with a 45-minute lightning delay. Yeah, it wouldn't happen if you placed the All-Star game in LA MLS. Hint, hint, nudge, year, nudge, but at year. the bank, not the digs, not the digs, at the bank. Except yeah. for that time last year when we had a 45-minute lightning delay, but you know, I mean, aside from that time. <laughs> hey, that was one of the most fun times I've ever had at the bank, by the Best way. Best game ever. That, by the way, because you know I live my life based on the scarf, that was the night of the Dia de los Muertos scarf release, and that's why it sold out so quickly. You're unbelievable. Oh, hangs, sorry. hangs Proudly in my living room. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So before, while they were trying to fill some time, of course, they looked into the crowd. They thought, is anybody famous in the crowd? And they found your boy, Philly. They found Finn Balor. That's right. Before the game. And what I thought was kind of cool. They mentioned this during the podcast. Finn actually grew up with James O'Connor's family, the coach of Orlando City and the All-Star game. Look, the MLS came out with a 4-1-4-1. And Philly, I know you're super stoked to talk about this. The coach, James O'Connor. Look, I'll talk about his MLS resume real quick. He played for Orlando City for 41 games. He has 24 losses in 44 games as a coach hmm. for Orlando City. But he's got a pretty cool playing career, Philly. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Stoke City, a team that has found their way within the Premier League, only to be ousted, 176 caps. F off Burnley. Uh-huh. F off Burnley. <laughs> that would be the second team with 139 caps. And then you have... Not Sheffield United, but Sheffield Wednesday. 139 caps there. And then, interestingly enough, Orlando City. We have a little bit of a a connection, right? Didn't Sheffield Wednesday once house Callum Malice? Didn't he come from Sheffield Wednesday at some point? I think I'm right about that. I don't know. Someone will correct us on Twitter. So let's talk about the starting lineup. It was pretty cool. We had Runkle himself in goal, (laughs) Brad Guzan. 
And, and I loved, by the way, what they did with the goalies. But go on, Philly. You have something you'd like to say. You're pointing right at you, me. Right you know now. what? We, we've been calling them Runkles since the finals last year between Atlanta and Portland. But yes. the more I think about it now, Panda pointed out he really looks like Vernon Troyer probably should have looked like if he wasn't so small. Like he was a giant mini me. And you look at it right now, I can see him making a save and putting his little pinky right I, to his lips. I like have that. to ask, is Vernon Troyer still alive? No, rest in peace. I didn't think he was. No. Okay. So, by the way, can someone put up a post of Runkle and Brad Guzan side by side? I would love to see and that. And Vern Troyer. In, oh, with the yeah. pinky up. But you got to enlarge Vern Troyer. You complete he's me. Smaller. We had Matt Hedges starting on defense along with Walker Zimmerman, former teammate of Walker's for five years, and he was really happy to get the band back together there with Matt Hedges, another former defensive player of the year. One of my least favorite players in the MLS, of course, is Diego Chara. He was back there along with Kamar Lawrence, the Orlando native Graham Zussi. We had Posuelo from Toronto FC, Wayne Rooney, Luis Nani, again, Ooh, playing nani, his nani. third MLS All-Star game, two with Manchester United. Zlatan, also Herba. in the game. And, of course, the starting lineup rounded out by Carlos Vela, the MVP of the league. Vela, mi buen amigo. I love the flavor that Jonathan brings to the podcast. We had Diego Rossi, Mark Anthony K. The man who scored the first goal against the Sounders. Sounders. Diego Rossi. It's kind of neat to see on the bench, by the way, other than Diego Rossi and Mark Anthony K., legends (laughs) of the game, Bastian Schweinstein. Du bist ein Fußballgott, Basti, wir lieben dich. Oh, jawohl, mein Freund, ich liebe Bastian Schweinsteiger. The MVP of the league last season, the golden boot winner last season, was sitting on the bench, Joseph Martinez, and the all-time leading a scorer with 150-something goals, the San Jose Earthquakes, Chris Wondolowski. Those guys are all on the bench. I was really excited to see Atletico Madrid. They play in a 4-4-2. And they've got three amazing players on their roster, Philly. They've got Diego Costa. They've got Coque. They've got Joao Felix, who, by the way, is really good. And, of course, Philly, they were in the starting lineup, right? Uh, No. And you know what's funny is we were talking about Vincent Tan wanting to sell off his shares of LAFC because, you know, Cardiff City got relegated. Yes. Well... Joao Felix would have been able to buy his shares, which is valued at $100 million, and still had $42 more million to play with. Insane. This kid's not even old enough to legally drink. What would you do prior to the age of 20 with $143 million? Well, first of all, I'm well past the age of 20. Second of all, he's well past the legal age to drink where he plays right now in Europe. And third, if anybody out there... Wants to give us $45 million for doing what we do. I would be really happy to do that. I would be happy with $45 at this point. (laughs) But what I loved about the starting lineup for Atletico Madrid, we've got like the best of the best in our league. And they've got three teenagers, another 21-year-old, and a Mexican teammate of Carlos Vela on their national team. (laughs) They didn't start their A squad. They had 18-year-old Manuel Sanchez. They had a 19-year-old Uruguayan who is very familiar with Diego Rossi, Juan Sanabria. They had Rodrigo Riquelme, 19 years old. Carlos Isak, 21 years old. Hector Herrera, a teammate of Carlos Vela's. They didn't start their A squad, no. and they still looked pretty good. Another thing that I liked, Philly, is that Walker Zimmerman was mic'd up for the game. They were actually interviewing him during the game. You could hear him yelling out directions and barking orders, and you could hear Brad Guzan giving him a hard time in the back. That was kind of cool. What was really cute at one point, and I'm going, I might be going ahead. I don't know if you have this in, in the notes for the show, but at one point, Brad Guzan made a really, really nice save. And Walker went up to him and they high-fived. And it was such a darling moment, mate. He actually took Brad Guzan's earpiece and made sure that it was properly involved. It was very cute. It's like when you're on a date. It's like when you and I hang out, Scarf. Oh, what was that? <laughs> oh, it was, it was summon your inner zombie moment right there when he was just waiting to adjust the hair. Oh, oh, oh I felt like some of the, the rules of zombie land had to be enforced there as he was tucking gracefully back the earpiece of Guzan. Right? And, you know, look, Philly, you're going to appreciate my analogy that I'm about to make here. This game reminded me of Schmitty. I love that guy. That's right. If you don't follow Schmitty McMittens on Instagram, you are missing everything in the world. He, of course, is the official mascot of Defenders of the Bank, Schmitty McMittens. And a one-time co-host. That's right. The fifth Beatle. You've heard him here on the podcast. 
this was a game where I felt like Atletico Madrid was the cat and they kind of had the mouse by the tail and they were just kind of pawing it like, I'll let it live for now. I'll let it live for now until right at the end (laughs) when they put that poor mouse out of its misery, (laughs) ate it, swallowed it whole, never to be seen from again. That was what I kind of felt like this all-star game was. I I love the fact, by the way, that every time anybody from Atlanta did something and at first it took me a second. I was like, wait, why are they booing? Because, you know, a lot of other places it's goo. But it wasn't goose. They were actual booze. And I was like, oh, yeah. They're playing in Orlando. Atlanta hates Orlando. Orlando hates Atlanta. So, of course, every time Brad Guzan touched the ball, there was a boo. That was kind of neat. I love that. Mm. The eighth minute was the first decent run by the MLS. And, of course, it was a dime from Wayne Rooney to the MVP himself, Carlos Vela. He earned a corner on the play. Nothing would happen from that. We're going to hear a lot of nothing would happen from that from the MLS All-Star team. But that's okay. In the 12th minute, Kamar Lawrence missed Carlos Vela on a run through the... By the way, I don't think we mentioned this. This is going to be a very LAFC-centric run through the 93 minutes or so of this game. Carlos Vela in the 13th minute, sweet takeaway, but it led to nothing. And my favorite part, guys, was by the 13th minute, there was some fan that was sitting right next to where the microphones were picking up all of the cheering. And of course, like we said... Mike D? They hate... It wasn't Mike D, but it was a different microphone altogether. They hate... Atlanta United, and by the 13th minute, there were already two or three times where you could very clearly hear an F-bomb and plenty of other swear words directed at Brad Guzan every time he touched the ball. Good on you, Orlando City fans. Way to represent. I mean, class. Pure class going on right there. (laughs) Yeah, they kept talking about how hard the rain was falling down. We had a great play by Walker Zimmerman the 15th, where it was a rebound off of Brad Guzan, made a great play. Village, look, not a lot happened in the All-Star game. Not a lot happened at all, Scarfie. Not a lot happened. The only thing that I thought would have been exciting is Stu Holden I thought could have been a prophet because we were talking about the Vela and Ibrahimovic connection, and he predicted that, hey, these guys are going to connect. These guys are going to score. And you know what? Seven minutes after he made that comment, (laughs) Ibro was walking (laughs) off the base. They subbed out Zlatan Ibrahimovic. There were a couple of times it was kind of neat where Zlatan passed to Carlos Vela. The next possession, again, Zlatan passes to Carlos Vela. And so Vela could go one-on-three against three of the players of the best team, one of the best teams on the planet, which was great. There was a really cool moment, though, in the 26th minute. Vela to Ibrahimovic. He heads it back to Wayne Rooney, a rocket from the shot. That was the first time where we kind of got out of our seats something for Team MLS. Of course, the best part, though... The player that we would boo the most for being into the game is Zlatan. The player that Orlando City would boo the most for coming into the game was the guy who replaced Zlatan, last year's Golden Boot winner, Joseph Martinez. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, look, we know that Zlatan didn't want to be there. He was selected for the All-Star game last year. He didn't show up. He didn't want to be there. He didn't necessarily sound like he wanted to be there. I mean, he came late to everything. I thought the ironic part was they put his locker right next to Carlos Vela. But as Vela has mentioned in the media on multiple occasions, there is no drama, nor should there be. But when we face them in August, there better be some drama because we've got a lot of payback to give. But yeah, Zlatan, first player to come off. No surprise there. The man is just what... A hundred so many days, well, really two years, younger than me. He's he also could- suspended for his next match, by the way, against Atlanta. That's going to be fun. That yellow card accumulation thing. He didn't want to be here. He's not going to be at the next game. He's going to get a nice break. Andre Blake, by the way, came in for Runkle. I forgot about that. You are correct. Yeah, so Andre Blake comes in for Runkle, so they get to boo Brad Guzan as he walks slowly off, which was kind of fun. Would you call him a Philadelphia Onions? The Philadelphia That's Onions. That's who Mr. Blake plays right. for. And, of course, here we go. Second shout-out to my birthday in the 35th minute. The man, the myth, the legend, Tony Moya. You guys all know Tony Moya. He came in for the 19-year-old Uruguayan Sanabria. And, of course, what I love about Tony Moya, the last guy we mentioned, born on my birthday in 1999. He was born on my birthday in 1998. So just one year after I graduated the eighth grade, Tony Moya was born. And that's all I have to say about my birthday. Look, not a lot happened until the 43rd minute. They scored a goal. Who's they? Atletico Madrid. Marcos Llorente from Real Madrid off a beautiful pass from Riquelme, who's a teenager. Atletico Madrid up 1-0. Look, half was great. The MLS All-Stars were outshot 12-1. We got to see Carlos Vela. We got to see Walker Zimmerman. And then halftime ended. We didn't get to see Carlos Vela or Walker Zimmerman anymore. So there was that. Yeah, and before we go into the second half, Jonathan, you actually had a prediction for this game. 
And I know we could talk hindsight 2020, but what was the scoreline that you predicted would occur? Well, let's see here. We take an amalgamation of players who've never played together but possess some skill, and we put them against, oh, let's just say one of the top five teams in the freaking world. Yes. Uh, I predicted a 3-0 victory for Atletico Madrid. Well, Jonathan. Would he be right? It was one nothing at halftime, sir, so clearly you are two goals away from being right. There was no way that they would give up two goals in the second half, especially with Mark Anthony K subbing in at left back. Huh, it's like he was back on Team Canada. Oh, my goodness. Okay, Diego Rossi subbing in a forward. That was fun. We had Diego Rossi. He came into the game two minutes later, got a great look off of a cross, and then nothing really He had the best-looking attempt that we'd seen in quite some time. Yeah. I, I would have loved for him to have scored the goal. That Walk in and see an LAFC player score in the All-Star game. Woo! In my wildest dreams, I hoped that LAFC oh, would score a goal. Something. Uh, we had four guys. I mean, Diego Rossi's shot was the best effort that the MLS put forward in this game. Yep. And, and even it was not on mark. You, you guys know the Darth Vader's march when he comes in. That's what I heard in the 56th minute when Joao Felix, Diego Costa, and Koke Ooh, all subbed the death in, knell. along with a couple of other players there for Atletico Madrid. And it was just one of those things where, and they talked about it, Stu Holden talked about this on the telecast a couple of times, where it must have been hard knowing you're getting completely outplayed for the entire first half and about 10, 15 minutes into the second half, and they're not even using their best guys. And now, a moment with Boozology. <laughs> Our first musical interlude on the podcast, and it well done, could not sir. have been better. Just two minutes into Joao Felix being into the game, Andre Blake has to make an incredible save, and, and it was one for the old guys in the 59th minute. Wando subs in for Joseph Martinez. So, so what you're saying is the Darth Vader chant and tune didn't come out when Wando and Ramondo came uh, in? Wando and Ramondo. I hey, like that. That sounds was like a good. band. Look, congrats to Nick Ramondo on a fantastic career, but I would like to mention something real quick that I thought would have been another cool touch in this All-Star game. The NBA did something this year, which I thought was brilliant. They said, hey, Dwayne Wade's not having an all-star season. Hey, Dirk Nowitzki, he's not having an all-star season. But you know what? Who cares about the rules? We're going to make them both all-stars this season. Why? Because it's their last year in the NBA. Dirk Nowitzki played 21 years for the Dallas Mavericks. Dwayne Wade, what, 16, 17 years in the NBA? One of the top 30, 40 players of all time. And the NBA said, you know, we should honor those guys. We should make them all-stars. And they did. And Dirk played a great game. Dwayne Wade played a great game. They turned back the clock a little bit. MLS, Don Garber, we already think you're a joke because of the non-punishment on Zlatan. Oh, so much How ridiculous sponsor. is it that you can't find a place on the all-star team for DeMarcus Beasley and find a place on the all-star team for Tim Howard? We are talking about two of the legends of the U.S. men's national team. Two guys that have put the team on their backs over and over again, and you can't just make two all-star roster spots because the rules say you can't. Don Garber, you suck. Yeah, look, no disrespect to Nicky Rims, but come on. How how should have been there? He should have been there. I I don't disagree with that. It is his farewell tour, which actually on October the sixth at Bank of California That's Stadium, right. that will be his final match. But you can't tell me though that you can compare Tim Howard and Nick Ramondo when it comes to the MLS. Ramondo has set every single record a keeper can possibly set, including height and weight comparisons to some of the other keepers <laughs> out there. I Look. mean, he deservedly so. I will agree with you on Demarcus Beasley because he's been there for a minute and he's probably my age, which means he's very old. Yes. And yeah, Tim Howard should have been there as well. But if I would have had to take any of those three, it would have definitely been the record-setting keeper of Nick Ramondo. Look, I'm not saying they have to play. I'm not saying they've got to see any action at all. So but what you mean what is would they should mean, mark it. What would it mean to the fans to be able to, while the game is going on, oh, by the way, DeMarcus Beasley hanging out, taking pictures, taking selfies, signing some stuff. Same thing with Tim Howard. 
look, apparently the league is willing to pay respect to someone who's earned it internationally if they're not American. But if you're an American right? and you've earned it internationally, then you get disrespected for not playing in the MLS. This hmm. is clearly on Garber for disrespecting the American player for Absolutely. playing internationally. Absolutely. Look, I don't disagree with that. Nobody, not a single person will argue this season. I'm sorry, Philly. I know you're probably going to be upset. Jonathan, you might not agree with this either. Bastian Schweinsteiger, he's not playing like an all-star this season. Bastian Schweinsteiger not. has not done anything good, honestly, since the 2014 World Cup. Jonathan and I were talking about it earlier. He gave his blood, sweat, and tears on that run. He he had his final season at Bayern Munich. What happened? He went over to Jose Mourinho's. Well, actually, it was Louis van Gaal's team. Manchester United. Panda can tell you a story about how long it took for her to get me that jersey as a gift. But he really, really fell down. In, in a way, that's just shocking when it comes to an all-star caliber talent like him he had a rapid dissension in terms of his quality yeah but you know what sometimes you just get old i wouldn't know anything about that oh basti du bist ein fußball god wir lieben dich er hat das richtig gesagt someone please send me on a dm what he just called me in Nine. the 60th Nine. minute one of my favorite moments of the all-star game Philly's favorite player, Diego Costa, tried a bicycle kick. <laughs> the Fred Flintstone of La Liga. He actually tried a bicycle kick. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And your boy in the 64th minute, Basti, he almost scored an own goal off of a sweet David Beckham bend it like Beckham. Oh, uh, At one point, I think they gave a free kick to Pity Martinez, and he oh. actually had a really, really good shot. But they were talking about letting Basti do it, and we're sitting the edge of the couch moment. It was Jonathan, Panda, Schmitty and myself, and we are all eagerly anticipating Basti to score on the free kick. I would have went berserk. I would have driven down to Bevmo, bought every single German beer in there, and consumed them all by the time of this podcast. You would have driven down to Total Wine and more, not Bevmo. That's first right, of all, sir. Well, I could crawl the Bevmo, but yeah, shout out. We want to give you the props for that's right. For Total that Wine point. and more, obviously. And, and, and Jonathan, if they wanted to come meet you and get good alcohol recommendations, where could they find you? at Boozology on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, just before that moment that you were talking about in the 81st minute where Basti almost scored on the free kick, in the 73rd, Diego Rossi came out for Paxton Pomacall, 19-year-old kid from Texas. Look, he might be one of the next big things for the U.S. men's national team. He was the captain of the U.S. under-20 men's national team in their last tournament. One other thing I want to say, too, Pity Martinez sucks. I just don't like Pity Martinez. Ah, you know what? The 2018 Argentinian Player of the Year has not really found his way in the MLS. And that blows my mind because I would say an Argentinian Player of the Year should probably be awarded a massive contract playing in Western Europe. However, he hasn't really acclimated very well to Frank DeBoer's system. But hey, the last game they played, he did have a nice last-minute goal to help Atlanta win in, in their matchup recently. But you're right. He hasn't been playing as well as he should. Him coming to Atlanta, I would say, has completely decreased his value because how do you go from being the 2018 Argentinian Player of the Year at a massive club like River Plate only to come through to play at Atlanta United and basically be riding the pine. I don't do this very often, but I get a chance to correct Philly here for just a moment. He was actually the 2018 South American Player of the Year. The whole continent. He was the best guy in a whole continent of soccer players. And he looks terrible. Let's hope he proves that next week. Yeah. So we're thinking, Philly. We're 84, 85 minutes in. It's one nothing. We've done a great job. Look, like Jonathan said, we had two two-hour practices together as the All-Star team. Atletico Madrid experience. plays together their whole season. 85 minutes in, it's one nothing. Everything is great. It's going to be a close oh, game. Did I mention Joao Felix was really, really good? Really, really good. I thought <laughs> of Mighty Ducks <laughs> yeah. with the knuckle puck, baby. 
Joel Felix smashes this ball, which had no spin. Nick Raimondo, one of the most seasoned goalies on any team in the world. The guy has played 743 games. He's 94 years old. There's nothing that Nick Raimondo hasn't seen. And then Joel Felix, the 19-year-old, $142 million sensation, who they replaced Antoine Griezmann, Carlos Vela's best friend with, an absolute rocket. From just outside the box. How special is this? Knuckle puck. Knuckle puck. (laughs) It's Russ from South Central LA. Oh, man. Like, you know what? It was. Ramondo did get his hands on that ball, but the only thing that I saw, and the one thing I felt for certain, was my fingers getting broken because that was a rocket. He could have taken down a 747 with the power of that shot. This was not Stefan Fry accidentally playing for LAFC for 15 seconds and letting a goal by Laurent Simon by. This was a thing of beauty. This kid, Joao Felix. So, all right, okay, we're down 2 nothing. Let's go to stoppage time. Let's close this thing out. Oh, wait, Joao Felix is dropping dimes in the 93rd oh. minute to your favorite player, Diego Costa, beating Ooh. one of your former favorite players, Bastian Schweinsteiger, of course, Nick Raimondo, goes through the legs, 3-0 lead, and that's the game. They dropped the mic. They walked off stage. They called game, whatever you want to call it. It was a 3-0 beatdown in the land of Epcot Center, Orlando, Florida. That was all she wrote. The only thing that they got wrong was they named Marcos Llorente the yeah. MVP of the All-Star W-T-F game. WTF Did anybody watch mark. the last, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes while Joao Felix was in the game? The kid is something special. And I would like to say this real quick. I get that a lot of leagues around the world are looking at it going, oh, it's stupid they do an All-Star game, whatever. Look, it's got to be something special. We are going to be able to say in four, five, six, seven, eight, ten years – We got to see Joao Felix when he was 19 years old take the field in Orlando in front of, I don't know, 17,000 people. I don't know how many people. 26. There you go. 27,000 people. Great. That's the first time they got 27,000 people in Orlando since they opened the stadium. That being said, those 27,000 people are going to be able to say they saw Joao Felix before he was the next Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo was the guy that he kept getting compared to over and over again. What a special kid. Look, I used to build model rockets as a kid. And occasionally I wasn't (laughs) the greatest builder. (laughs) But I would compensate that by putting a rocket engine in it that was four times the size of what that particular design called for. And it would fire off at five times the speed it needed to. And it would squirrel around like a flopping wobbity jiggity and that thing would just take off with the most unpredictable path whatsoever and the only thing in my life that has ever replicated that was a shot from joao in this game <laughs> my goodness that guy can hit a ball with the most unpredictable path you oh. could possibly imagine and yet the force and accuracy oh, wow that guy is completely worthy of the highest transfer fee for the youngest person oh, ever that's right second, second killian mbappe killian. If you would ask me right now, would I take Killian Mbappe or Joao Felix? Look, I'm still taking Killian, but but I'm going to have to think about it for a hot second after watching Joao Felix play this game. Well, if you combine Killian Mbappe and Joao Felix's salaries, they can buy the MLS. Is that like Steve Montana? Would I get Killian Felix? <laughs> like- and, and by the way, Jonathan, the fact that you could build rockets, bro, let's talk. I can sell snow to Eskimos. You and I, you know, Lords of War, we can make some money, you know what I mean? Let's do this, brother. How did we get from Killian Felix to Lords of War? I, I mean, he was talking about building rockets. I, I mean, know, it kind of blew my mind. Rockets. It got the brain juices flowing. We all love rockets. By the way, the rockets are going to be terrible this year with Russell Westbrook and James Harden on the same team. But that's okay. No, <laughs> they could be we're, my New York Knickerbockers. No, they're going to be different kind of terrible. We are, of course, an MLS podcast, though, not an NBA podcast, even though we talked about the NBA a couple <laughs> of times. the all-star we talked, game. We're taking it off That's there. right. We talked about NFL. We talked about Major League Baseball. We have talked for like an hour. I'm looking over at the thing right now. How did this become an hour-long episode? I have no idea. When we decided to do this impromptu episode, I looked at Scarf and I told him, listen, man. This isn't going to be any longer than 30 minutes because I'm not trying to do a lot of edits on a Wednesday going into Thirsty Thursday. But I'm looking at the time clock, and we're an hour and seven minutes in. You're right. I don't know how the heck we got this way. Our normal podcasts aren't this long, but you know what? It doesn't matter. This isn't a normal podcast. That's right. Together, we're doing cross-pod 
Gross. Well, you can't pollinate me, bro. That's not cool. <laughs> That's not okay. Well, I'm not trying to. <laughs> None to, of what to... just happened is okay, sir. <laughs> Panda. <laughs> She's Uh-oh. asleep. Oh, good for her. That's good. She cross pod some... pollination is what I meant to be. I feel like I created an entire new word. But you know what? We're all together and we're saying this cross pod pollination. But I know the listeners out there. Jonathan are quite intrigued. They love that Barry White voice of yours. If they wanted to follow you on your podcast, where could they listen to you on more episodes? Uh, you could find us at Shoulder to Shoulder at LAFCS2S. And you can certainly find us by searching Shoulder, the number two shoulder, at all of your favorite podcast forums. Right. Yeah, so that's right. If you want to check out Jonathan at Shoulder to Shoulder, make sure you check him out on all the different social media sites. And of course, if you are not following us on Facebook or Instagram, Instagram. We are at Defenders of the Bank and on Twitter at Defend the Bank. Our next episode, we're really excited. We are at the 50 mark. We're going to be talking all about the New England Revolution and the game all the way across the country at beautiful Gillette Stadium, the home of the six-time world champion New England Patriots. Oh, God. Gag me now. It's so much fun to watch Philly when I say that. Gag me now. I know. It's so bad. But I was there. It was fun. We got to walk around the whole stadium. I got to stand behind Bill Belichick's podium. Shout out, by the way, to Bronson Green. He's the guy that's in charge of a lot of different things that go on at Gillette Stadium for game day. Too many plugins for the enemy. No, you hold on. He went to the Willows where I teach. He went to Loyola High School where I went. And he's a stand-up dude. And, of course, he's a big fan of the podcast, listens to it all the time, just like everybody else that we've mentioned on this. And- we actually have one last announcement before we decide to give you the uh, the normal bye-bye. Oh, wait, yeah. This Scarf really and I got thing. some cool that we're going to be involved in on Saturday. By the way, before we, we make the announcement, thank you, Amanda. Yeah, no doubt. More on that later. But I know you listeners out there love ESPN. Not sure if you listen to ESPN Radio 710 on your AM dial. I do. You do. And actually, a couple other people do, because when we made that post, a lot of people did comment on it. But I will say this. Scarf and I have the honor and the privilege of being on The Weekend Warrior with Dr. Robert Clapper. It's going to be this Saturday. The show's going to air at 7 a.m. Yeah, on a Saturday. 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So sometime between 7 and 9, Scarf and I are going to get our 10 to 15 minutes worth of exposure. We're going to be talking about our experiences with LAFC. We're going to be talking about the Defenders of the Bank podcast. We're we're trying to promote this on, on, on a bigger level. We're super excited to have Dr. Robert Clapper, a fellow New Yorker and a fellow sadomasochist. And what I mean by that is, like Scarf and I, the yeah. other thing that we all share in common is the fact that we are supporters of the New York Metropolitans, That's a right. team that has given us a World Series Boom. since 1986. A team that has given us heartbreaks time after time again. A team who's literally, their acronym should stand for My Entire Team Sucks. Yeah, those Mets. We love them, but we have that in common with Dr. Robert Clapper. Scarf, I know you're excited. You listen to the Weekend Warrior more than pretty much anybody else does. Look, for the last 20 years, I have run soccer leagues for the city of Los Angeles in West LA at my favorite park, Palms Park. I grew up there. I've run the summer camps there. I've run soccer leagues there. And I have to be at the field really early in the morning. And every single Saturday, when I am on my way to the field, I listen to Dr. Robert Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show on ESPN 710 Radio. He's got the coolest thing. It's called Clapper Vision, right? And you better believe, if you don't know, by the way, what Clapper Vision is, do yourself a favor. Go head on over to ESPN.com. Look up the radio show, The Weekend Warrior with Dr. Robert Clapper. Take a look and listen to his Clapper Visions. We are 100% going to ask him about two different things. I'm really excited. We're going to ask him to Clapper Vision the Soleus... The fetozelia disease. That's right, fetozelia disease. And we are going to ask him all about a zygomatic fracture of the skull because, of course, our boy, Mohamed El Munir, suffered that at the hands of the dirtiest player in the MLS. And Diego that's Chara? Lead. No, 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 no. The worst one. That would be Zlatan <laughs> Urbahimovic. Ooh. Yeah, boo. Um, so you guys know how we like to end the podcast. Look, we're super excited. Dr. Robert Clapper, Weekend Warrior Show, this Saturday, 710 ESPN, super early in the morning. So if you don't listen to it first thing in the morning, just find it on the internet right after it's done. Because it's it, we're going to we have to be up at like 5 o'clock. It's going to be a thing. It's going to be a day. But you guys know how we like to end our podcast. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>